Welcome to the Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for the Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell. This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit. Although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more, please visit greenskiesanalytics.com, but it's more likely that you're just going to Google it. So to find out more, please Google Green Skies Analytics. This podcast is also brought to you by AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit AuditBoard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. Today on the show, we have soon-to-be-retired head of internal audit at Yelp, Tom Radinko. For those that don't know, Yelp publishes crowdsourced reviews about businesses. It's what I use whenever I'm in a new city and I want to find um, the best restaurant around. That's what I use, but they also do um, bars, doctors, beauty salons, dentists, and everything in between. We've had guests with some pretty interesting and cool um, backgrounds. Tom might win coolest overall background from anybody on the audit podcast. So he started out at Deloitte, then he went to Sony, and then he went to Activision Blizzard for seven years, which that's the video game company. And then he was the director of internal audit at Caesars Entertainment Corporation, then led 99 cents only stores as the CAE, and then became the head of audit at Yelp. But before that and some in between tom was also a musician but not like uh oh yeah i play guitar at home kind of musician tom was like uh oh no i recorded with bob dylan and kiss kind of musician uh tom was a oh yeah i was uh on mtv during its heyday kind of musician so very very cool and with a background like that you can expect some very interesting answers to some of the questions that we went through so some of those being how would you change the culture of your internal audit department, especially if you're taking over an internal audit department and you want to bring your change into it? What's a, a good way to do that? Advice for chief audit executives that have too much auditor in them and not enough executives. So this goes back to a theme we've hit on a couple of times in developing an executive presence. And then we also talk about how to develop a vision and a strategy for an internal audit department, which I think is very interesting. Here we go. What song can pull you out of a bad mood? Sweet Emotion by Aerosmith. Oh, you nailed it. All right. It's got a great beat and you can dance to it. All right. Uh, for some reason, I, I gravitate towards like high pitched, uh, a tenor maybe. I don't know a lot about music, but um, so like the Bee Gees or something like that, for whatever reason, that's what I start singing those and that that's what kind of gets me going. Well, All I right. dance to the Bee Gees as well, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because there's not a lot. It's not like uh, like if you put on um, a hip hop song or something like that. Not doing any dancing in that. The Bee Gees, I feel like I could just kind of step back and forth, and people are like, "Yeah, he's got it. He's good. He knows what's going on." <laughs> um, yeah, a bit more from the heavy rock world myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
uh, well, hopefully there's videos of uh, your dancing as well that we can put out there. I don't know if you'd want to see that. <laughs> as long as you're having a good time, then it's a good uh, dance move, maybe, in my opinion. Um, well, what's your favorite tool, audit tool or otherwise? Well, uh, for auditing, other than SQL, Data Grab, and Python, I'd have to say that phishing polls and phishing reels are my favorite tools. They enhance what's already an enjoyable activity. Nice. Uh, other tools I enjoy are keyboards, uh, the musical type of keyboard. They help me when I'm rocking out with my soul funk and R&B band. If you can grab every auditor in the world by the shoulders and just shake them and say, will you please just do this one thing, what would that be? Learn to speak in your customer's language. Could you expand on that? I like that. That's the one thing uh, that, you know, is going to help you and the rest of our profession to be successful uh, over almost anything else. Uh, learning to speak in their language includes, hey, how do they speak? You know, what are their materials look like? Who are they speaking to? How do they level up or level down, level down depending on their audience? Um, and so as you become more familiar with how your customers are communicating with each other and their constituents, that will help you to understand their syntax. Is that another way of saying like, I know like tech speak can be too much for a lot of people. And when I say tech, I don't necessarily mean SQL, Python, things like that. I mean, you know, in audit, we often refer to processes as controls, but I feel like a lot of times when I talk to people, I'll, I'll say, yeah, we, we're testing controls and by controls, I mean processes. So we'll refer to it as a process if you're not familiar with the word controls. Does, so do you do you guys try to make an effort to do that as well, where it's like we don't speak in the audit language, we speak to them in their language? Absolutely. Well, that's a perfect example. And in the world, internet world where we work, uh, we have engineers and uh, they you know, kind of do things a bit differently than yeah. what we might be used to coming from a more mature environment. For example, policies and processes. They've got runbooks. Those runbooks break down how they go about executing their mission. And so instead of calling something a policy, call it a runbook. And then how, how do they break down those steps? Kind of break down something that you would do maybe in a policy format, break it down into how they develop their runbooks. Um, and so that that's an example uh, of something that is actually written down. Um, we had someone on from Instacart and he was talking about engineers and we work with the engineers and I had to stop him and be like, can you explain what you mean by engineer? Because I feel like most people that are listening are probably thinking like civil engineer or mechanical engineer or something like that. And I was like, you're a data company. Yeah. 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 I was like, you're a data company. It's a different thing altogether. Um, so that, I think that's a great example also of, of, of um, like being on the same page as everyone. Yeah, I think, you know, in my previous worlds that were a bit more traditional, uh, it was called IT, you know, information technology, the people that are working with the systems and so forth. Um, when I worked in the video game industry, there was another group of folks called programmers, game developers. Uh, they're very similar to the engineers in the world of the internet. They're coding, they're building the machinery, the, you know, the digital machinery that is running the, these amazing websites and all the products and transactions that are going on underneath. So they're, they're really, it, it tends to be a lot of math um, and uh, a lot of, you know, 
coding knowledge. Uh, they're, you know, writing code all day, every day. And yeah, the engineers is something I think unique in our world of the internet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's, that, uh, I forgot the, you know, data scientist was the sexiest job title of 2020 or something like that. Um, and I heard a new one the other day, but data engineer was another big one that there's a lot of demand for, obviously. Um, I can't think of that new one that I heard. You know, one thing here in internet land, you know, there's a product and engineering. Mm -hmm. The two work together, but product tends to be the ones that are designing the functions, the products, the things that when you go onto a website, you see, you can click around and do things. The product teams design those. The engineers build them and implement them. The product folks are very sophisticated at coding as well, but they tend to work together. It's it's a unit. Yeah. Um, And they get all the glory (laughs) from what I've seen and been told they're the ones that get the glory the engineers are like the old linemen it's like all right as long as you don't screw up we won't know you did anything bad but if you do anything really good we're not really going to notice either how i kind of equate it is i worked in the entertainment business for a number of years when i worked with sony uh films television and so forth and in the world of entertainment in films and television there is something called above the line and below the line Above the line are the actors, the director, the cameraman, the people with the high you know, profile skill jobs. Then down below the line, set construction, electricians, truck drivers, hairdressers, and so forth. So above the line, below the line. In the world of the internet, how I equate it is that engineers and product, they're above the line. Mm. Rest of us, we're, we're below the line. Hey everyone, thank you for continuing to listen to the show. We want to say thank you again to our sponsors over at AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit auditboard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. I know that culture has been a hot topic for the past couple of years, especially within audit relative to auditing culture. Should we do it? Should we not do it? Are we appropriate? Uh, philosophical questions such as if we feel the if we don't feel the need to audit culture, or if we feel the need to audit culture, then that means there's probably a culture that's not in place that would uh, that would then be receptive to any findings that we have to ultimately change that culture. And so, uh, just kind of interesting um, thoughts there that I've seen. But um, within your own group, your own internal audit team, and the culture within there, what kind of culture are you looking to continue to develop in your group, and how could a a culture change within a group uh, will stick with internal audit, uh, be implemented. Uh, well, thanks for that. It's super important and, you know, highly important and relevant in the internet world. Uh, so the culture I try to develop starts with how we treat ourselves and each other. And that starts with understanding what the priorities are. And in our world, that's health, family, and work in that order. Taking care of our health and our families makes us much better at our jobs. Once we get to the work priorities, our goal is to become a trusted partner and influencer. That takes time to develop. It takes work. And in defining what trust is and how to go about gaining it, 
I like to use something called the trust equation by Charles Green. Highly recommend for folks to go and take a look at that. I won't go into all the details, but some of the key concepts are being empathetic, speaking in your stakeholders language, and taking care that you have their best interests as a priority. Okay. And that was who? Charles Green. And is that a, a an author or is this a thought leader? Yeah. He, he's a, you know, I, he's got, he's come up with this uh, method called the trust equation. It's on YouTube. You can find it out on the internet. It's really, really interesting and effective stuff. I learned about it in the last five years. And when I started to go through it, a lot of a lot of the little bells and whistles started to go off, you know, that it's really applicable to us as internal auditors and kind of in their consulting side of our job. Um, super interesting, really relevant, and I highly recommend it. Okay. The I like the health family work prioritization. Um do you as the audit leader, are those documented goal? Like, are there goals within that? So health-wise, this is my health goal. Family-wise, or relationships, I've seen it put other ways. Um, these are the goals. Is there like a process that you have in place for the team to go? And and some of that's obviously going to be personal. So it wouldn't be, you know, <laughs> you probably wouldn't put that in any kind of uh, formalized review system or anything, but is it, do you push it down like that? Like, Hey, you need to set these goals for yourself relative to your health, your family, and then work. No, those are all outside of work. Health and family is outside of work. So we don't write that down. It's pushed down informally. Okay. Uh, I talk about it. You know, I make it clear. That's how we operate and any goals or milestones that folks might have, they can write it down offline or go about what they think is important. But really, in the end, it comes down to simple things like, hey, if you have a doctor's appointment, go take it. Yeah. If you have, you need to pick up your kid, go pick up your kid. If there's some things you need to do to kind of work on your house or something, go and do it. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Uh, then, you know, we'll be much better when we actually are working on our work priorities. There was I was on a um, joint call with a vendor I was kind of helping them out yesterday <laughs> and the, um, the, the one rep got on and it was like, yeah, sorry, I'm a little late. My three-year-old banged his head and, you know, slashed it open hospital, had to cancel all this stuff, you know, et cetera. Um, and then with about 10 minutes left in the demo, the other rep, um, I think it was a one-year-old, you could hear him just like freaking out in the background. And she's like, I'm so sorry. My nanny had to had an emergency. And so eventually the kid came up and was like in her lap. And there's probably 10 people on this call. Um, and the chief audit executive <laughs> was just like, they completely lost him. I mean, he was like, what, what'd you guys just say? I'm not listening to you. I'm looking at the cute baby. And he was like, Hey little baby, you know, like through, you know, and, um, and they were like really nice about it and understanding. And, and, and anyway, I thought that was just a, I, I hadn't seen that before. I'm like, it was like a sales pitch situation and everybody was just, you know, um, really supportive about it. So a lot of bad things came out of 2020. Obviously I think some of that is, is one of the the benefits or one of the, the nice things that have come out of, you know, people go, yeah, dude, like bring your dog up. I want to see the dog. I like dogs or your kid or whoever. 
Well, I think that's one of the interesting things around going distributed. And that's one thing our company has done. We are completely distributed. Mm-hmm. We do have office buildings and we have the ability to go into them if they happen, if we happen to live in a city where we have an office, but it's optional. It's not required. And so we are really completely remote. And by doing that, we've done it for the last two and a half years. Um, it kind of opens up a window into each other's personal lives. Depending on what kind of background that you have behind you, some folks say you don't know, have a digital background, which is cool. But when you see, you know, see what's behind folks, you know, their kid runs up or their dog or their cat or something happens, you got to run, run to the door or something. That kind of actually creates sort of like an opportunity for bonding with mm-hmm. folks that you're speaking with that you might not get in the office environment. So. That's another, I think, I think something that has actually been an improvement in terms of how we interact with each other. And we were talking um, priorities, health, family, work. And then w- within that, I started talking about goals. A goal of mine when I work with an organization is to get more inbound requests from management. I think that's a great KPI as opposed to, hey, we're going to go audit this thing. This is what we're going to do to go, hey, how many of, how many, requests are we getting from management, I think is a good, a good KPI. Um, so that uh, where I'm headed with that is what, what's, uh, what has the company reached out to you an internal audit about uh, for doing a project that, that your team executed on at a high level that you're proud of? Uh, well, thanks for that. And we've definitely, you know, taken a lot of strides towards gaining the trust and respect of our counterparts out there. As we've done that, the list of requests has grown, grown, grown. So we have numerous requests coming in from across the business in all areas of technology operations. Uh, so one major area was to help management understand the risks and gaps around technology change management, mm-hmm. uh, to help folks understand the key risks and implications around change management, to come up with recommendations, and to break down those recommendations into understandable and actionable subtasks. So that was something that was super successful and it's just ended up opening up the floodgates for a bunch more where they both need and want us to come in and help them with their um, priorities. And then could you, for the non-IT audit folks, maybe that don't know what change management is, IT change management, could you explain that a little bit? Well, in our world, it's a code reviews. As we um, build the machinery underneath our website, um, it's... There's lines and lines and lines, millions of lines of code being written and deployed. And to ensure that that code is safe, works correctly, there needs to be a review process around that before it gets deployed. And so we call that change management. So that ensuring that the code that we deployed has gone through the appropriate checks and protocols and testing to make sure that once it goes out there and is available to the consumers, it's going to work. Thank you. And for a project like that, do you have a a data team on or in the internal audit group that um, was able to do any type of work with that? Oh, absolutely. So we've got people that are experts in the world of the internet and coding and engineering, the language and the data, the tools, techniques and protocols and so forth. And most of our team is geared towards that because most of the risks that we face here in the digital world are technology-related risks. So we have people that are very skilled that speak the language and understand uh, all of the nuances and really end up becoming integrated into these projects. Yeah, I think integrated is a great way to put it. 
we talked about you being a, a people leader um, as a chief audit executive and being like people focused. It seems like within the audit profession, there are chief audit executives that have a high A, as in the audit piece, uh, and then some that have the high E. And it seems like for audit to make the biggest impact, we need more CAEs with a higher E and a little less A. Um, and I think being a, a, a people leader is one of those E's. And so anyway, what, what advice would you give someone that is maybe a, a, a strong auditor that is a CAE that needs to lean into being that executive and having that executive presence? Well, uh, thanks for that. Uh, and I think most of sort of the commonly held beliefs in our profession are actually really good to be independent, yet mm -hmm. trusted. I think how we go about that can vary widely. And my approach is to make people my number one priority. Firstly, finding the right people is critical. People that will fit into the culture of our industry, people that can excel at the how things get done, not just the what. And once we find the people, to take care of them on all levels, support them day to day with their projects, with their career, career development, with their personal needs. And as far as uh, you know, the auditor, you know, with the what instead of the executive, um, I think it goes to what we talked about earlier. Get really good at communication with people in their language, at their level, at the right time. And I would definitely, you know, refer back to the trust equation for more details. All right. Well, in sticking with this chief audit executive uh, theme, a, a big piece is setting a vision, setting a mission, uh, the strategy, and then executing executing on that. What what's the what's a process? The process that you follow, your team follows, in establishing a a process for developing a vision and strategy. Well, I like to break it down into sections, um, having a vision that aligns with the organization's vision. Secondly, um, understanding the needs of your wide range of, range of stakeholders. And then third, having an operating strategy, including people, talent, alignment with key risks, the use of technology, success measures, and lastly, and maybe most importantly, communication, mm -hmm. how it works, how often do we do it, who are we communicating to, what are the protocols around communication? Definitely. Um, I don't think there's a, a wrong answer in how you do it. Uh, I don't think there is. I guess you could do it. Maybe you could execute it in the wrong way, but, uh, or not execute on it, but I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a wrong way to really do it. But when you said our vision and internal audit should align to the company's vision, uh, I didn't say anything, but I don't, I don't know if you could see like my face just like lit up. Cause like if nothing else, like how do, how do people not get the, that piece of it? Well, I don't know. I, I would, I like to think that I've met with many, many of my counterparts out there around the industry and across, you know, the corporate spectrum. And I think by far the majority of them get that, you know, that they are really good at sort of understanding what their companies businesses and, and how they what's their role in the organization. I've got a tremendous amount of respect for my counterparts out there, you know, and as well as the organizations, the IIA, as well as the many other organizations that we tend to interact with. So I again, I think most do a pretty damn good job at it. Thanks, Tom, for coming on. Is there anything you want to leave the audience with? You know, this is a second career for me. Um, I spent 15 years in the music business as a performer, a writer, 
and uh, making records and videos on MTV and stuff. And so uh, I would have never thought at that time that I would end up being in the corporate world. Um, but if I was to pick a profession, uh, this is such an amazing, great profession. And I think that we are incredibly positioned to be influencers in the world, especially now with all of the volatility that's happening all around us every day, um, that we're uniquely positioned to help America push forward on, you know, companies, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, millions and millions of people work at the companies that we are occupying. We're in a fantastic position to drive um, corporate America forward uh, through our the ability to be influencers, uh, to help uh, companies do the right things, uh, to be a pillar of integrity, all those fundamental things that are part of the, our sort of typical Institute of Internal Auditors, Internal Audit char Charters. We are really in a great position uh, to drive uh, the, the country forward. So I, I'm super excited and happy to be in this job. Uh, I try to impart that to the teams that, you know, come on and work with us, as well as the, our stakeholders around us. And I think when you can do that effectively, it's super gratifying. So. Hey, everyone. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Audit Podcast. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere. So please hit the subscribe button there. If you're listening through iTunes or Spotify, feel free to go give us that five-star rating. It only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five-star review, and it really helps to get future guests to come on the show. So we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from the Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.